Coming up on today's episode, episode 50. Episode 50, you've heard that right. The last episode of the 2021 year. Wow. First of all, I started this podcast in January of 2021, the beginning of the year. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you guys listening to this podcast right now that have been listening, loyal listeners, week in and week out. I mean, the conversations I've had with you guys on social media, the support, the feedback, you guys sending questions throughout the entire year. I'm just extremely grateful and thankful for all you guys. You guys are the reason why I keep pushing. You guys are the reason why I keep going with this podcast, keep pushing out this content, talking all Miami sports. You know, we talk heat, we talk Marlins here, and then obviously our beloved Miami Dolphins. So just want to give a shout out to you guys, honestly. And I hope you guys have a fantastic new year. I hope 2022 brings you guys some great health and a lot of great opportunities to come your way. I'm extremely grateful. And I'm extremely grateful for the guests we've had on this podcast throughout the entire year. It's been awesome. I mean, we've had radio broadcaster Mike English join the show. Miami Heat reporter Will Manso join the show as well. Former Miami Dolphins wide receiver Greg Camarillo. We've had the 2020 Dolphins Fan of the Year, Big E, come on the show as well. Grant Napier, great friend of mine, former broadcaster for the Sacramento Kings for 32 years. He jumped on as well. Former Dallas Maverick and former Stony Brook legend, Jameel Warney, as well. The list goes on and on. We've had, I know I'm missing out on some guys, but just amazing guests we've had. You know, we got my guy, Jacoby, who comes on time to time. Brandon as well. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm thankful. I'm excited for 2022. And I'm just thankful for all the support and all the guests and this entire journey. Thank you guys for joining me on this journey. I hope that 2022, like I said, brings you guys good health and great opportunities. And hey, listen, 2022, I promise you this, we're going to have even better guests. We're going to have more content and I'm just going to keep pushing. So I'm looking forward to you guys joining me as I continue this journey to bringing out more great episodes, more great content, and hopefully some playoff Dolphins. I mean, that would be nice to start the year 2022 with the Dolphins getting in the playoffs. You never know. (laughs) Uh, But other than that, we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, the Dolphins recap against the Saints on Monday Night Football, looking ahead at our playoff implications, like what are our chances? Can we get in? Do we have a chance? What needs to happen here? Big game against Tennessee. Going to talk about that, give you guys my predictions. Then week 17 of the NFL season is here, so we're going to do our predictions like we always do. Crazy how fast the NFL season goes. And then we're going to talk some Miami Heat and NBA talk. Jimmy Butler is finally back from his injury. He returned on Sunday, made his presence felt. We're going to talk about that. And the Heat have won three straight games in a row. A lot of positive vibes in Miami. They're 21-13 and right now, and they've lost a lot of people. So for them to be 21-13... and That's impressive stuff. So we got NBA talk for you. All that coming up on the last episode of 2021 of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast on this victory Tuesday after the Miami Dolphins pull off yet another freaking win seven wins in a row go to eight and seven and officially lock down the seventh seed in the AFC that's right they completely took advantage of their opportunities locking the seventh seed in the AFC I mean that's just crazy 
crazy, crazy, crazy. I sound like a broken record every time I record this podcast because this is just amazing. I mean, what run are they on? Seven wins in a row? Like I said, this has never been done by any team in the NFL to go from one and seven to win this many games in a row and get into the playoffs. I'm telling you, if this team gets into the playoffs, man, insane, insane turnaround, insane job by Brian Flores, insane job by this whole team, top to bottom. I am just freaking impressed. I am pumped up as ever. Seven wins in a freaking row this time on primetime television, on Monday Night Football, against the New Orleans Saints, on the road? Man, team came out to freaking play. And that's the whole vibe I got. As soon as I woke up in the morning, I'm like, man, who is going to showcase tonight? I'm like, our freaking defense. Our defense is obviously a top defense in the league. And I'm like, now they're about to get the spotlight on Monday Night Football with the world watching, their families, their friends, everybody's watching this damn game. I was like, oh, man, that defense is going to eat tonight. And they sure did. First of all, the Miami Dolphins win the game 20 to 3. Those of you who don't know. Tua Tagovailoa, 19 for 26. He had 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He did fumble the ball as well. Missed a couple guys that were open. Honestly, my take on Tua, I think the performance could have been better. And that honestly surprised me. Because he did not have a good game against the Jets the previous week. So I'm like, okay, primetime football. This is where Tua's going to... You know, he's going to shine. He's about to shut all those people up. All the people that were talking crap about him. He's got the spotlight. Primetime football. Your team is in a must-win scenario here. Go ball out, young fella. And he did okay. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't do amazing. He didn't do as great as I thought he would, especially coming off a bad performance. But nonetheless, I mean, he didn't shoot us in the foot. Granted, the interception sucked. The overthrow sucked. The couple people he missed. But it could have been worse. Okay, the job got done. That's all you can ask for. Duke Johnson did slow down a bit. Had 13 carries. He finished with 39 yards. Philip Lindsay, 13 carries of his own. He had 36. And Miles Gaskin, only three carries for 10 yards. So seems to be that he's the odd man out here, which kind of sucks because all of us really like Miles Gaskin and we expected a bigger role. And to see him get three carries, it's like, damn, you know, I, I thought we could use him a little bit more. But hey, nonetheless, 20 to 3, got the win. Mike Kosicki, on the other hand, three receptions, 22 yards. He was a, pretty much a non factor all game. Matt Collins, one catch for 40 yards, but man, was that a beauty. Beautiful throw by Tua. Mr. Reliable, Matt Collins gets the job done. But the star of the show on offense is one man and one man only, and it's this freaking rookie that continues to impress us time and time again, game after game. The dog mentality, his effort, his speed, ability to just make plays consistently, that reliable target every single time you look at him and the dude is open. Jalen freaking Waddle, 10 receptions for 92 yards on 12 targets and a touchdown. He hit the Waddle on him. Jalen Waddle continues to just dominate. And it's pretty crazy because the way he's playing at a, as a rookie insane and he's he's about to break a, re- a record for most receptions by a rookie in NFL history that alone is impressive 
the dude probably should have been a Pro Bowl, <laughs> honestly. I mean, I saw that Jamar Chase made the Pro Bowl, but I think Jalen Waddle's having a way better season than him. But obviously, topic for another time. Uh, Dolphins, offense, that's pretty much the wrap-up. But the defense, those are the boys that came out to play. I mean, Ian Book was in trouble from the start. Nick Needham got it going early with a pick six, took it to the house, bought us up 7-0 right away, and completely put the imprint right in the game right away. Ian Book threw two interceptions, so it was one to Nick Needham, the other one to Brandon Jones, and he got freaking sacked eight times. I mean, this Dolphins defense brought it. I mean, Jerome Baker had one and a half sacks, Zach Sealer with a sack, uh, Brandon Jones with a sack, Javon Holland with half a sack, Emmanuel Ogba with two sacks, Xavier Howard with a sack, Raekwon with a half a sack, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's pretty much like, oh, go get, your, go get your slice of the pie. I mean, this defense was turning it up a notch from beginning to end. Hats off to this defense, honestly. I mean, I knew they were going to ball, but they were on a different level. And the thing about this defense is that they didn't let up at all. I mean, like I talk about right away, pick six from Nick Needham to start the game. Then after that, we went up 10, 10 to zero right away. The first half, I was like, ah, you know, defense is balling, but the offense got to give me something. And they did. They did in the second half with the Jalen Waddle touchdown. So nice to see the, the offense contribute a little bit. I mean, it was a Jalen Waddle show all game, but hats off to the defense and credit to the Miami Dolphins for winning their seventh straight freaking win, giving us a victory Tuesday on this Tuesday to celebrate eight and seven currently the seventh seed i mean i can't i can't say it enough i mean that's crazy you literally go on your app on your phone click conference and you see your boys right there sitting at the seventh seed holding the tiebreaker over baltimore that's why we're there we control our own destiny fellas like that's what it's all about that's all that matters right now the fact that you don't have to worry about another team losing like, you go out there and you take care of business these last two remaining games, and you're in the freaking playoffs. And that's all you can ask for as a fan, as a competitor. Like, let us control our own thing. Like, if we lose, it's on us. And honestly, I'd feel okay with that. I'd feel okay with that. But knowing that you have to hope for somebody else to do that, that's the part that sucks. But right now, it's all on us. It's all on us. And it's just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy what a turnaround this has been. It's been a roller coaster ride. I'm talking about, man, we were all so, so low, thinking like, damn, this team is just not good. Like, should we rebuild? I was there too. And wow, what a turnaround. And this is just fun, honestly. My takeaways through this whole seven-game winning streak, it's just freaking fun. It is so damn fun watching this defense, watching this team, you know, just come together, show that great chemistry, win together, play for each other. Great vibes, great vibes throughout. Great vibes on social media with Dolphins Twitter, on Facebook as well. The Dolphins team, the coaches, everything, everything. Like this, it feels like it's meant to be. So I really hope the Dolphins do continue this hot streak, maybe make it eight in a row next week, maybe make it nine in a row, go into the playoffs, hottest team ever. Like, Ah, uh, man, but hey, credit to the Dolphins, 8-7, and seven. enjoy it for the week, because we got to flip the page Sunday, we got a tough, tough matchup, and it's against the Tennessee Titans. Now, Tennessee, 
obviously is without Derrick Henry. They just picked up a win, but they picked up a win last Thursday. So they're going to be on 10 days rest here, which is definitely key. And they're at home. They played at home as well. So they're a well-rested, good team. It's going to be tough. No Derrick Henry, so I'm not really scared of the running game. Ryan Tannehill has not been good ever since Derrick Henry was out. Uh, He barely had 200 yards against the San Francisco 49ers. So I think our defense is really, really going to have that same type of impact that they've been having lately on Ryan Tannehill. That's what I expect the most. Only guy that scares me is A.J. Brown. I mean, he tore it up against the 49ers, but Julio Jones has been a non-factor. Like I said, Tannehill's been struggling. There's no Derrick Henry. Only thing that scares me is A.J. Brown. And if you have Xavier out there on your side, which we do, and which we will have, fingers crossed if there's no protocols, but I feel good. I feel good about that matchup. Having Xavier Howard to guard A.J. Brown, let the other guys beat you, and I freaking love our chances. Obviously, we're on the road. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to win there. They're a very well-coached team, by the way. Mike Vrabel, you know he always has tricks up his sleeve. He knows Flores. Flores knows him. It's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong. And I actually predicted this to be a loss before. But watching this Dolphins team get after it on Monday night, the fact that we're the seventh seed right now, the fact that we won seven in a row, the fact that I'm so freaking pumped up and excited. Ah, man. Like, I'm going to say it. I say the Dolphins go to Tennessee and pick up a 21 to 17 victory, improve to 9 and 7, keep their playoff hopes alive, maintain that position, that seed that they have. And that's it. Like I said, AJ Brown, have Xavier Howard guard him, let the other guys beat you. Pressure Tannehill, make him struggle, make him feel the heat just like Ian Book did. And I like our chances. The only thing is those Mike Vrabel trick plays or whatever he has up his sleeve, a fake punt, some wild stuff. You know it's coming. You know he knows the rules. You know he knows the game really, really well. I'm assuming he has something up his sleeve for the Dolphins. So Flores has to be ready. This game is going to be big on the coaching staff. They have to prepare. They have to be ready for everything. I'm assuming they will be. We're as hot as ever right now. I'm going to say it again. Dolphins win 21-17. Let's keep this party started. Enjoy this Victory Tuesday. Enjoy the entire week. Wear your Dolphin stuff with pride. I'm telling you, wear it with pride because I sure as hell am. It's a great time. 8-7, and seven, over 500. It's time to start taking this team serious again. Wear it proud. Talk shit to your friends. Go call out everybody that doubted your team because your team holds that playoff spot. They're 8-7. and Why not us? All right, staying with the NFL topic like we always do, and we're heading into week 17 of the NFL season with NFL predictions. And going into week 17, I had a pretty solid week. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I am recording this before my Dolphins play Monday Night Football, where I picked Miami straight up and I picked Miami getting three points because I talk about it all the time. I took the line pretty much when it first came out. And obviously the line has changed, but I have Miami plus three. 
and Miami straight up. So obviously, the results of that game will be added on next week's podcast. But for right now, heading into this week, I was 54 and 33 with the straight picks, 42 and 47 against the spread. And then week 16 happened. I went 10 and 5 with the straight picks, and I went 8 and 7 against the spread. So not that bad. Positive week to say the least. Now my against the spread record goes to 50 and 54. So we're getting really, really close to 500. See if I can make that late push. And then the straight picks record is 64 and 38. So really, really good week. Let's see if the Dolphins win and I can even add to that, make it a better week. Hopefully they did. At the time you're hearing this, obviously the result will have happened already. But going on to week 17. No Thursday night football game this week, ladies and gentlemen, but week 17 is here. We have the Miami Dolphins at 7-7 taking on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is favored by 3.5 points. Wow, look at that. Let's see. Dolphins or Titans? I am going to say Dolphins win this game and give me the Dolphins plus 3.5 points. Next. The Atlanta Falcons at 7-8, and eight, taking on the Buffalo Bills, who are 9-6. and six. This game is in Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by 14 points. Very big number. They're coming off a big win against the New England Patriots, which all Dolphins fans were happy about. I'm going to say the Bills win, but the Falcons cover the 14 points. Next, the New York Giants at 4-11, and 11, taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. These two teams are not good at all. Very bad seasons for both teams. This game's in Chicago, though. Chicago is favored by six points. Give me the Bears and give me the Bears laying the six points. I don't trust the Giants at all with the way they've been going lately. Next, Kansas City Chiefs, 11-4, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 9-6. This game's in Cincinnati. Bengals with an impressive win against the Ravens. They're having themselves a great year. Fighting for that playoff spot. They might get in. They look good. Chiefs look great, by the way. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait for this. Chiefs favored by four and a half points. I'm going to say that the Chiefs win this game, but give me the Bengals plus four and a half. I really like that number for them, especially being at home. Home underdog. Solid, solid play. That's what I'm rolling with. Next, the Las Vegas Raiders at eight and seven, taking on the Colts, who are nine and six. Colts are favored by seven and a half points. They have turned up a notch and have not looked back. I mean, my goodness, they're on a tear. Jonathan Taylor has been killing it as well. I'm going to say the Colts win this game, but give me the Raiders plus the seven and a half. Obviously, the Raiders need this game. They're fighting for playoffs as well. I think there's no way that they just get smacked by more than a touchdown. I think they're going to be competitive. I think the Colts win, however. But give me the Raiders plus seven and a half here. Next, the Jacksonville Jaguars at two and 13, taking on the New England Patriots. This game's in Foxborough. New England's coming off a loss. This number is minus 15 and a half. Crazy number. But I'm taking it. Give me the Patriots to win and laying the 15 and a half points. No James Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not even like no hesitation here. Next, Carolina Panthers at 5-10, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints are at home. They're favored by seven points. Carolina, I don't understand. I mean, this is a team that I've been backing up for quite some time. I take them on my predictions all the time, and they're just letting me down. So I'm going to have to fade them. I'm taking the Saints, and I'm taking the Saints, laying the seven. As much as I want to pick Carolina, 
they they haven't been doing me any good. So let's see if I fade them. But with my luck, this will be the this will be the week they cover. Right next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eleven and four, taking on the New York Jets, who are four and eleven. This game is in MetLife Stadium. Jets coming off a win. Zach Wilson did some really really impressive things. I told you guys, there's something there. There's something there with that kid. So we we got to take that man serious. Obviously, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I said he needed to have a big game. And he sure as hell did. Made a statement. Made a good, good statement there for the Jets and the Jets fans. Tampa Bay, however, favored by 13 points. Pretty big number. I am going to say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game. And I'm going to say I'm going to have them lay in the 13. I think they win by more than 13 points. I think Brady is going to go off. And yeah, this is bad. Bad spot for the Jets. Next, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington football team in Washington. Philly is favored by three and a half. They currently hold that seventh seed, I believe, in the NFC. So Eagles got a lot to play for. Washington pretty much, I mean, all their hope just went out the window, losing Sunday night and getting demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. So like the Eagles here, like the Eagles laying the three and a half. Give me Eagles and Eagles minus three and a half. Next, Denver Broncos taking on the Chargers. Must win for both teams. Two teams fighting for the playoffs here. It's another game that just helps the Dolphins here. I mean, Dolphins need either one of these teams to lose, and it would help them. So Chargers are favored by six points. They're at home. I'm going to say Chargers win, but uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say Chargers lay in the six as well. You know, the, the Broncos, I believe they're out. Bridgewater's not playing, so yeah, I feel good with that. Chargers minus six and Chargers straight up. Next, the Houston Texans, who just beat the Chargers. Thank you, Houston. Shout out to y'all. Thank you. Helped out the Dolphins big time. Taking on the San Francisco 49ers. They're 8-7. and seven. This game is in San Fran. San Fran is 15-point favorite. Can the Texans do the Dolphins another favor and have the 49ers lose so we could get a higher draft pick? I don't see that happening. Uh, I think the 49ers win that game, especially coming off a loss. I think they bounce back. But I'm taking Houston getting 15 points. I mean, the fact that they just won a game against the Chargers, and it was pretty impressive. Maybe there's some momentum there heading into this next one. 15 points, a big number. Give me Houston plus 15. Next, the Arizona Cardinals, 10-5, and five, taking on the Dallas Cowboys, who are 11-4. and four. This is going to be a great game because, I mean, the Cardinals do not look good, and they need to get right. They want to get right. This is a, a big stage here playing against Dallas Cowboys, American football team. Dallas is favored by five and a half. Dallas looks red hot right now. These are two teams that are up there in the NFC standings. This is going to be a treat, y'all. I think that the Cardinals bounce back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here. I actually think the Cardinals win this game. I think the Cardinals pull off a, you can say, upset. It pretty much is because I don't think Hopkins is going to play. So if he's out, I mean, it's pretty much an upset. So give me the Cardinals to win. Give me the Cardinals plus five and a half. Let's see how that goes. Next, the Detroit Lions, 2-12-1, taking on Seattle in Seattle. Seattle 5-10, just heartbreaking loss on Sunday. My God, my heart. Ah, I feel for Russell Wilson, man. I feel bad for him. Very, very tough loss. I mean, losing like that to Nick Foles, late in the game, have the lead, give up a touchdown. They went for two and got it, lost by one at, ah, at home too. Man, but you're taking on the Lions here. I'm going to say Seattle wins, and Seattle laying the 7.5 as well. 
Next, the Rams taking on the Ravens. This is a big, big game for Baltimore. Baltimore is going down slowly, and they're just itching and just trying to get back up. Is Lamar playing? I don't know yet. That's obviously to be determined. I like the Rams here, though. Even though Baltimore's at home, give me the Rams to win this game. And if Lamar plays, I will take the Ravens plus three and a half because that's the spread. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I like the Rams laying the three and a half here. Next, Sunday Night Football, the Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers. Rivalry game. Vikings always play Green Bay tough. Green Bay's at home, however. Give me Green Bay Packers, but give me the Vikings plus seven. Green Bay's favored by seven points, so give me the Vikings plus seven. But give me Green Bay straight up. And then Monday Night Football, Cleveland Browns, 7-8, and eight, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Division rivals here, going at it in Pittsburgh for the first time since the Browns eliminated Pittsburgh. This is going to be a treat. I'm excited for this game. Browns are favored by three points, surprisingly. So no respect for Pittsburgh at all. Man, I'm going to say the Browns win this game, but I'm going to say Pittsburgh covers. So Pittsburgh plus three, Browns to win. Let's see how that goes. Week 17 of the NFL season, things are moving fast right now. I mean, we're literally one week away from this all heading into playoffs. Crazy. Enjoy the games, everybody. Let's see how I do with these records. Let's see if I get this against the spread record of 500. That would be something. But yeah, enjoy the games. Enjoy your New Year's as well. Be safe out there and go Dolphins. All right, so let's talk some Miami Heat and NBA talk. All right, so the Miami Heat last week with a impressive freaking week. Perfect for the Christmas week, my birthday week. Man, these boys went at it, going 3-0, winners of three straight games, and that's going into tonight where they do take on the Washington Wizards at home. But the Heat, during this homestand, did some impressive things. And it all started last Tuesday, picking up a win on prime time against the Indiana Pacers, where the Heat won 125-96. to The big guy in that game was Duncan Robinson, who had 26 points, 10 of 16 from the field, including six three-pointers, which is very, very rare to see this season. And then Tyler Hero off the bench, 8 of 17 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, 26 points, doing what he does. And it was just raining threes that game. I mean, the threes were falling, and on prime time, that's what you love to see, just your team balling out, especially against the Pacers. And then on Thursday, we went to play the Pistons. Well, the Pistons came to us, being that we were at home, and the Heat won that game 115-112. to 112. Now, that's not, you know, too impressive, you know, three-point win. But when you look at the magnitude, I mean, guys were out again. Like, the Heat had to basically scratch and call for this win, and I'm just impressed that they were able to get it done. And that was, that game, honestly, I mean, Max Struess, my God, 26 points. He had five three-pointers. He was 10 of 18, played 41 minutes. Check this, Duncan only played 21 minutes. He was 0 of 6. So Max Struess continues to just outshine Duncan Robinson lately. Uh, I mean, I'm not happy about that. I love Duncan Robinson. Uh, I want Duncan Robinson to get it going, and I think he will. I'm not too worried. I know a lot of fans are. But I'm freaking impressed to see Max Struess, I mean, doing what he's able to do night in and night out, taking advantage of the opportunities given. 
And that's credit to Eric Spolstra as well. Like, Eric Spolstra seems to continue to find these guys, these diamonds in the rough that, you know, that are undrafted, that people gave up on, that people waved, and just get the best out of his players. And Max Struess is just another example of that. I mean, we go back down the list. I mean, who was it? Rodney Magruder, like he made himself a name. James Johnson was nothing until he came to the Miami Heat. Deion Waiters, I mean, look what look, we got him a contract. Hassan Whiteside, look at him now. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on with these guys that Spolster just seems to get. Josh Richardson, that's another one. He was a second round pick. And look how well he played. And now not so well, right? It's credit to Eric Spolstra, credit to the Heat culture, the Heat system, and everything. And now look at this. Max Struess, amazing, amazing. Omir Yurtsevin also had 8-12 and 12 off the bench against the Pistons. Tyler Hero, 29 points. Kyle Lowry, 21 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. And then that led us to Christmas, where we had some, some good NBA games. We'll talk about that in just a bit. And then Kyle Lowry, unfortunately, went down with COVID protocols. Dwayne Denman did pick up an injury. P.J. Tucker as well, which I didn't talk about. So the Heat, you know, already without Jimmy Butler, Bam, now Kyle, Denman, Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo, the list goes on and on with guys just having bad luck, out with injuries, out with protocols, you name it. Like, this Heat team has already faced so much adversity so early on in the season. But honestly, hey, this is going to make you stronger. It's going to make your bench deeper. It's going to bring out the confidence in these guys that you're going to need throughout a regular season. I'm talking to Max Struess. I'm talking to Gabe Vincent, Omir Yurtsevin. Like getting these moments and this opportunity is only going to help us out in the long run. But big news came Sunday after Kyle Lowry's basically ruled out with the health and safety protocols. Jimmy Butler decided, I'm coming back. He warmed up with the intent to play, and he was good to go after that tailbone injury. Jimmy came back, and hey, let me tell you something. God damn. I mean, what a joy it was to watch him out there. Just even though he didn't, you know, have a, you know, 30-point performance or this and that, but just having our leader back out there, having 22 back out there just gives you this certain type of energy, this different type of vibe of just overall happiness. Because, I mean, watching the Heat with Jimmy Butler, that's what it's all about. So Jimmy Butler did return to the lineup, and it was, it was great to see. He played 35 minutes, so Spolstra didn't even ease him into anything at all. Uh, he shot 5 or 14. Not too good, but it was, he played really, really awesome. I mean, you, his presence was felt on the defensive end. His leadership was there. He was calling signals out there. Finished with 17 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. And that was important because, you know, you're without Kyle Lowry. You're without Bam Adebayo. You need your leader to come in and do a little bit of the dirty work, grab some rebounds, grab some extra ones, hit the ball ahead, which he was able to do so as well, picking up four assists. I thought he was going to get more, but Tyler Hero actually did a lot of playmaking. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, having Jimmy Butler out there, it just felt so damn good, man. I miss him. I mean, I missed him so much. Just watching that bull out there, putting on that jersey, going at it, full 48 minutes. Love it. Love it. So I'm excited we got him back. Even though it sucks that we're going to have a couple guys out for a little bit longer, having him out there, it's fun. It's fun watching Heat basketball with Jimmy Butler on the floor. But let's talk about some other guys. Omer Yurtsevin got his first NBA start. And how about this kid? 16 points and 15 rebounds. 8 of 15 from the floor. Hey, that was good. 
great signs and I can see a little bit of development happening each and every game. And that's one thing that excites me as well. Honestly, you're not going to see this guy do this on a night to night basis. I mean, it would be great. Is it possible? Maybe. But the fact that he's able to chime in and have this performance 16 and 15. I mean, I don't care if you're playing against what we played against the Magic. I don't care if it's against the Magic Pistons or anybody. I mean, he's going up against Wendell Carter Jr. who had 14 boards of his own. He's a good player. So Omer Yurtsevin, like, bravo. Really, really impressed by his performance. And then Max Struess, 4 for 11 from the field, three three-pointers, 13 points. Not, as, not a big, big game, but a solid game. And another a, a game where he hit more three-pointers than Duncan Robinson yet again. So Duncan struggled 2 of 9. Max Struess played more minutes as well. Things are getting really interesting in the Duncan Robinson camp, to say the least. I don't think I'm ready to touch on that yet. I need to see more. I'm not giving up on him. Uh, Udonis has him 4 of 8 off the bench, 11 minutes, 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 fouls in 11 minutes. UD, making those fouls useful. Love it. Love to see it, man. I, I've been enjoying watching Haslam play these games, too. I mean, we really missed out on that for the last couple years. And even if it's only 10 or 12 minutes, like, you know UD is giving all gas, no breaks out there. And that's one thing that I personally love. I know you guys listening and the fans at the arenas and Heat culture just appreciates. Uh, Kayla Martin did come back and his impact was felt right away. Seven for 11 off the bench, 17 points, five rebounds. And he's been tremendous as well. That's another guy that the Heat just brought in. I mean, this is another guy that basically wasn't playing in Charlotte. Heat brought him in and look at him. He's playing like a great player this guy was on this guy's on a two-way like what credit to Spolstra yet again Caleb Martin continues to impress me as well because I'll, t- I'll be honest with you I didn't think there was a role for this guy I didn't think he was gonna be I didn't think he was gonna be good to be quite honest with you and he's impressed me and the more he does it it continues to impress me because I'm not one that gets hyped about one performance or two, but this guy's putting him on, and he's putting him on in bunches, and he's showing a lot of effort out there, and that's one thing you can appreciate. Tyler Hero, only 19 minutes off the bench, only two points, which is shocking. One of five from the field. He did get, I believe he got thrown out this game uh, for the technical fouls. He got into it with RJ Hampton, but he had eight assists. I mean, eight assists. Very, very impressive that Tyler Hero. He's not only able to score the ball, he's been shooting the lights out all season long, but he's able to play make as well. He hit Jimmy Butler ahead on a pass. He was like, it looked like a Kyle Lowry pass there. So very nice to see Tyler Hero, you know, just add into his game, just stuff in the stat sheet, do a little bit of everything. That's one thing I love to see. So the Heat did pick up that win 93 to 83 on Sunday. Jimmy Butler's back. That's a great vibe. And that leads us to next week. Okay, we got a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. So tonight we take on the Washington Wizards. Wizards started off hot, but they've cooled down just a bit. Now they are 17 and 16 at the time I'm recording this. We are 21 and 13. This game is at home. I think we take care of business. I mean, I like the fact that Jimmy Butler's back. This makes me way more confident about this matchup. You know, at the end of the day, Wizards are a tough out. I mean, we've seen them already. We've seen what they're capable of doing. Bradley Beal, adding Kyle Kuzma, Caldwell Pope. They have Montrez Harrell, who's a dog. That guy's going to be, it's going to be a tough matchup for for Omir. I mean, maybe, hopefully P.J. Tucker comes back. I mean, we're definitely going to need him because I don't think Omir can handle Trez, but we'll see. 
We'll see. And then we play the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night in San Antonio. San Antonio has just lost DeJounte Murray, I believe. So he's going to be out for quite some time. I think it's in. Still, playing in San Antonio is definitely tough. You're going against a Greg Popovich team who can get hot at any moment. I mean, some guy can pop off that you never even heard of. I mean, this might be one of those like random heat killer games where he's not random. I mean, he's from Miami, but. Lonnie Walker, for example. I mean, that guy can light you up for 30 real quick, <laughs> just like Malik Bunk can. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully we do win the game. And then Friday, taking on the Houston Rockets in Houston. Houston had a nice little run. They were on a bit of a tear. For a rebuilding team, that was really fun to see. I mean, that's really inspiring for the guys to rally around uh, Coach Silas and pick up a couple wins in a row. I forgot their winning streak. I don't know if it was like seven, eight, or nine in a row. They're 10 and 23 right now. Obviously not a good team. Not too much talent there. But yeah, Heat Rockets, Friday night on New Year's Eve. Seven o'clock tip. So overall, the Heat right now, 21 and 13. At the time I'm recording this podcast, we're currently the four seed. Two and a half games out of first place, which is held by Brooklyn, who's 22 and 9 at the time. Chicago's in second place, 20 and 10. Milwaukee's in third, 22 and 13. So we're only a half game back of them. And then us at four, 21 and 13. Cleveland, who's having an impressive year, by the way, they're the fifth seed. They're 20 and 13. And then Philly at 17 and 16 at the sixth seed. And then there's the drop-off with the 7 through 10 with Washington, Charlotte, Boston, and Atlanta. Credit to, I want to give a shout-out to Cleveland, though, honestly. I mean, they're the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. They're 20-13. and 13, And this is a team that has lost their leading scorer in Colin Sexton, who Kevin Love has been in and out the lineup as well. Evan Mobley also in and out the lineup as well. Couple guys out with COVID protocols for quite some time. And this team just continues to just stack up wins and wins and wins. And a lot of them are impressive wins, too. They've had some big, big wins that I've been impressed by. Darius Garland has really emerged into a phenomenal player, young player, to say the least. The sky's the limit for that kid. Uh, I've been watching some Cleveland closely. Like, I've been watching the Cavaliers games here and there, tuning in a little bit. And I've been impressed. I mean, shout out to that coach. J.B. Bickerstaff has really got them boys playing hard. I mean, the... The fact that you're handling that much adversity and still putting off wins, now you're fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, and you're up by three games over the sixth seed. So Cleveland Cavaliers, huge props to them. And uh, that's how the Eastern Conference shapes out. Uh, quickly, on, in the Western Conference side of things, the Golden State Warriors currently hold the first seed in the Western Conference at the time I'm recording this. They're sitting at 27-6. and six. Impressive, impressive season thus far. They've been without Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, who are two big, big parts of their offense. Obviously, James Wiseman has been out. Klay Thompson has been out as well. And credit to them. I mean, 27-6, and six, and that's an impressive win that they had on Christmas Day to beat the Phoenix Suns the way they did, being shorthanded, Winning like that, Otto Porter stepping up, Gary Payton stepping up for them. Like they could, that's another team that continues to find these guys and find role for these guys and just have pretty much strength in numbers. I mean, top to bottom, everybody buys into a system and plays so hard. Golden State Warriors, honestly, I think they're making it to the chip this year. No doubt about it. I said it before the season, and I 
damn sure feel that way now, especially after this start. 27-6, and six, and that's without Wiseman and Klay Thompson back yet. Man, 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 them boys are about to make even more noise. Phoenix, second seed, 26-6. and six. They're half a game out. Obviously, that's because they lost on Christmas Day to the Golden State Warriors. They've also had an impressive season. Devin Booker is back from the hamstring injury. Struggled on Christmas Day, which I was really, really surprised about. I thought Devin was going to just shine. His first Christmas Day ever, I thought he was going to drop at least 25. I placed that in a bet as well and came up short. I really thought, I really thought Devin Booker was going to get up for that game. Not to say that he wasn't. He just had one of those nights where he was struggling. The Utah Jazz, they're the third seed, 23 and 9, three and a half out of first place. They, to me, that's a team that you know who they are. They got the same roster, good chemistry. I love watching them. A lot of people don't, and I understand why. It's kind of that boring team. But to me, I, I love chemistry, so I, I love watching Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are a really good team. They are a really good team, but like we talk about, they got to do it in the playoffs because that's when they come up short. They have these great regular seasons and don't do good in the playoffs. Memphis, surprisingly, the fourth seed in the Western Conference. They're 20-14, and 14, and they just lost John Moran for quite some time. I believe it was like at least two weeks, if not more. They had Dylan Brooks out for majority of that first stretch of games in the regular season. Obviously, they're they're healthy now. They got them all back, and they're twenty and fourteen. I mean, that right there is another well coached team, and we knew what they were about. Like they're a great team. You know, they made it to the playoffs last year. They shocked Golden State. They beat the Jazz, I believe, in one game, maybe two. They put up a great fight though. And the Memphis Grizzlies, man, fourth seed in the Western Conference. That's that's nothing to sleep on. That is a very well-coached team as well. And wow, I'm actually impressed looking at it. I did not know they were the fourth seed. So th- those are the top four. Then you have that bunch that's all pretty much together within five, six, seven, and eight, being the Clippers 17 and 16, Denver 16 and 16, the Lakers seventh seed at 16 and 18. My goodness, Lakers are trash. Six and eight away and 10 and 10 at home for a LeBron James team and the Lakers have lost five straight games that I mean it looks bad it looks pretty pretty bad out there if you guys saw the Christmas Day game I mean wow (laughs) so little quick uh, Christmas recap the Hawks won uh, the Hawks lost the first game to the New York Knicks 101 to 87 the Knicks came out to play they were ready to go they were ready to roll being that they got eliminated the prior season by the Atlanta Hawks. No Trey Young or not, you could tell they got up for this game, and they picked up the win. The Warriors, like I talked about, beating the Suns 116-107 in Phoenix. That was big time. Without Puller Wiggins, Draymond Green had himself a game. Eight points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, doing all the dirty work like he does. Steph Curry, 10-27, five three-pointers, 33 points, six assists, four rebounds. Dude was on one. Took this game personally like he needed to do. Locked up that one seed. Warriors get up for games like this, so I was not surprised at all. Uh, Devin Booker, 40 minutes played, 5 of 19 shooting. Not good, 13 points like I talked about. That was the key to that loss. The Nets beating the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A. with no Kyrie Irving like always. No Kevin Durant. And no LaMarcus Aldridge. Only James Harden out there. I mean, the game started with DeAndre Bembry, James Harden, Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton. 
and the Nets pulled off that win behind a dominant James Harden performance, by the way, 36 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double, and then Patty freaking Mills, eight three-pointers, eight for 13 from three, 34 points, seven assists. Dude was big time. I mean, that Patty Mills signing is, wow, probably the best signing of the free agency. You know, Kyle Lowry and Patty Mills, I think those are the two that are like, wow, you know, Alonzo Ball as well, but I guess you could say like that that's person that's not really a star, that underrated signing, Patty Mills, definitely. Uh, LeBron James was 14 to 25 that game, 39 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Russell Westbrook, 13 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds, triple double, but he played like shit. I mean, four for 20 from the field. Ugh, those Lakers look goddamn awful, and I'm going to tell you something, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I hope it just they just keep going downhill because, man, love watching LeBron James lose. But the other games, the Bucks won 117-113 over the Celtics, and the Utah Jazz ended the night winning 120-116 over the Mavericks. Overall, there was some great, it was some great basketball, really good basketball on Christmas Day. I always enjoy that day. You know, a lot of the stars were out. But nonetheless, we were treated to some good, good basketball. So I definitely wanted to touch on that, other topics around the NBA. But yeah, back to business with the Heat. Jimmy Butler back. Other guys are close to coming back. Bam, probably still a little bit far away. Kyle Lowry probably won't be out too long. I think P.J. Tucker's on his way back. Markeith Morris, some great signs there. Oladipo as well. He got a good thing going for them. 21-13 and 13 right now. You ask me this, with all the, the, the bad luck we've had with the protocols and the injuries, he will be fourth seed 21 and 13 at this point. I'll take it all damn day. All right, so that's a wrap. Episode 50 in the books. Last episode of 2021. Thank you guys so much for making me a part of your day. Thank you so much for the support you guys have given me throughout this entire year. I mean, I started this podcast at the beginning of this year, and we've came a long way. And I've had some great conversations, some great guests, some great feedback. I mean, you guys just listening to this, I'm extremely appreciative of you guys. I hope you guys have a great new year. I hope 2022 brings you guys some great things as well. And hey, there's going to be great things coming on this podcast. 2022, we're about to kick it up a notch. Got some more guests coming in, of course, some more fire content, a lot of good things for sure. You know, I'm gonna have you covered here. It's 50 episodes down. I mean, that's that's incredible. But guys, have a safe and happy new year. And thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz. Yeah.